It's your life. It's your life. It's your life. I'm Sade. Welcome to It's Your Life, where amazing things happen only if you let them. In this podcast, I speak to millennials like myself, young people who are still figuring out their lives while also obsessively planning the next steps. Tune in now. Welcome to yet another episode of It's Your Life, and this is the series Millennial Mindset. On this series today, I will be interviewing and talk, chatting with Yami. Uh, Yamalette is a financial engineer at Fannie Mae. Born in New York, she was raised in a bilingual household with a strong Dominican culture. She's a 2018 graduate of American University where she majored in economics and mathematics with a minor in Chinese. As a born scholar, she lived in Beijing, China for one year. Her ultimate goal is to positively enhance U.S., Chinese, and Latin American affairs by enhancing existing trade policies and strengthening ties among the regions. She's incredibly passionate about immigrant rights and created the cross-campus organizing network with the hopes of impacting students in vulnerable immigrant situations in the DMV area. In the future, Yamlet plans to pursue a PhD in economics. Welcome to the show, Yami. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> of course. Um, so what I was thinking about, okay, who do I want to talk to and interview for Millennial Mindset? Yami came to mind like as one of the first that I wanted to talk to just because, I mean, we've known each other for like three years. Three years. And, and started <laughs> at Princeton. Let's talk about a story if you want to tell them about that later. And you want to go all the way back. <laughs> right. I was like, when was that? And I was like, oh my God, it's like three years ago. Three Yes. Not even one or two. Time totally flies by. Um, but we've been friends since then, and we yeah. both live in the D.C. area and uh, ended up working in D.C. after college. And, and we're the only ones who are sort of thinking about international affairs, but yes. we're on a very different angle than most yes. of the people that we know of. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very different. Um, but Yami just has such a powerful and amazing story, and I think that you could definitely give a lot of perspective because I think for a lot of millennials, we're just like, what do we do? Like, what is going on? Where do we sort of go on our next step, this path? My five-year plan may not be exactly how I sort of carved out to be. Um, and so I wanted to talk more about your undergrad experience and sort of what your transition was like from then. Okay, that sounds great. I mean, I got to say some. I'm still figuring my stuff out, too. Oh, yeah. Just for the people that are (laughs) listening to this. I think that, um, you know, the pressure that we have today makes it seem like I'm not going to lie in this show. I'm going to be honest. I'm still figuring my stuff out. And, you know, it's a process. And I think that as millennials, the beauty about being a millennial is that we can change our plans and, 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 you know, and and look into things that we never thought was possible. So I just want to preface by that and saying that I might be saying this. Please don't hold me into this word because tomorrow I might wake up and be like, you know what? I really read this book or I read this finance article and I'm going to look more into finance and maybe I'll end up pursuing an MBS, you know? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows, yeah. End up on Wall Street one day, you know? We'll see. Let's see. And so what I think is so cool about your story is that you're originally from New York. Yes. The Heights, Washington Heights. Yeah, you know the Heights. (laughs) And you, I think you said you were born in New York, but you went to the Dominican Republic when you were younger. Yeah. And then you came back at what age or like, what was that like? So I came back when I was eight. Okay. Um, I didn't speak a word of English. Wow. My first language was Spanish. Yeah. Um, 
So for those Spanish speakers, hola. Um, <laughs> and it was it, it was a shock, you know, because yeah. in DR, the school system, we end at mm. 12, we go home. You know, here yeah. it was a three out, you know, into yeah. 3 p.m. And yeah. like I that was the first time I also met my dad. Mm. So like me and my dad, unfortunately, because my dad was here yeah, and working. at the time, yeah, he was undocumented, so he couldn't yeah. work, he couldn't go back home. So I met him when I was here. So there's a lot of emotions pretending of where I came and like yeah. and the and you know, my parents don't have education, but for yeah. some odd reason my mom was like, I want my daughter to go to the United States and study there. Like we yeah. could have stayed in the Dominican Republic. This is but, true. This you is know, true. It, there was something about it and, and there was a gut feeling from my mom and if honestly if it wasn't for that decision I wouldn't be where I am today. Absolutely. And I think like what's so interesting is that for a lot of people it's sort of the other way where it's like, Oh, I'm from this country and I came to the US at a younger age or my parents are immigrants and I was born here or whatever but it's like sort of this flipped reversal where I feel like it kind of gives you a stronger sense of like yourself and like both cultures where it's like yes I'm American I was born in the U.S. and you know like all of that but then I also lived and I have this like this strong Dominican culture and this strong um, culture that I have with me and then going back to New York where there's still a lot of Latinos and so it's like okay like I'm here but it's like I have this and I'm going to school and all of that and I think that it's also it's beautiful in the sense that I got to see what life was for those that don't live in America, right? Yeah. And and it added a perspective to me yeah. because sometimes like no like we grew up here and we are used to the lights yeah. and we're used to twenty four seven convenience stores or at Easily. least in New York, you New know, York. I should, yeah, I should flip that because you know the DMV area is different <laughs> and, and I know a lot of like New York is a very special place and I and I totally yeah. understand that. But I think that being in a country where lights is not twenty four seven and yeah. it's not guaranteed yeah. and you know going through that gave me a perspective of like hey I'm lucky to be here and I'm gonna take all the advantages that I can to be better and and you know what and I failed you know it took mm. me three years to learn English yeah. a bit that I could at least go from a bilingual classroom to an ESL classroom you know like it took time and effort but I think that having that perspective of mm. this is a very unique opportunity of being in this country that allows me to have all these different things that sometimes we take for granted, you know, and, and free education and all this stuff. And I, I think that it really not only enhanced me to have a strong Dominican culture, mm. but it really pushed me to try new things and be the best that I can. And when I fail, I stand up again. And you still, and here you are standing strong. I mean, what you've accomplished in just such a short amount of time is so, like, just amazing. Thank you. I just can't believe we're friends. But... I mean, I mean, look at you. Look at you. I mean, it's your life. It's, it's, yeah. It's yeah. been an amazing project, and I'm so glad that Thank you're pursuing you. it. And I think Thank that you. this is what millennials do, we yeah. think. We just need to act on it. Exactly. Yes. I'm always like, think, execute, lead, give back. Like, Amen. This is just, it's just my motto where it's like, you have to think about it, execute it, lead, lead whatever it is, lead the force and give back and make sure to always pass the torch forward. Um, and I think you've done a great job of that. And Thank so you. towards, you know, when I was reading sort of your bio, um, you talked about the cross campus organizing network. How did that sort of get started and how, how does that mission sort of tell to your experience in undergrad when you were going through it? So CCON, for short, um, it started 
I don't want to get political because yeah. I don't know who the listeners are. Yeah. I respect everybody's point yeah. of view and decisions. Yeah. But it started with um, the new administration being elected. Mm. Um, I got together with a bunch of professors at AU and yeah. I was like, this just can't happen. Like yeah. at the time, I don't know if people remember, but it seems so long ago, but it wasn't. Yeah. Um, at the time he was like, you know, going against a Muslim ban and yeah. he was going against, strongly against immigrants. Yeah. And up until today, we still see it. We and I was just like, it. as somebody who comes from undocumented parents. I yeah. was like, are you telling me that this is not my country because my parents are undocumented? Mm. I bet to defer. Are you telling mm. me that I'm not good enough for this country because yeah. of a status that somebody in my family or I might identify? Like, I identified right. as an immigrant, right. nonetheless. So... And, like, what I wanted to sort of interrupt on is that, and what's so crazy about the narrative that's sort of told and the rhetoric that's told is that, like, undoc- people that are undocumented you know, pay taxes, they volunteer, they contribute, they're part of the working economy, just as, you know, U.S. citizens are. And so it's always interesting to see how the rhetoric rhetoric is sort of played up and um, told to others, but I digress. No, yeah, and and the crazy thing is that the way that they pen us is like, oh, you guys are, I'm like, we're not criminals no. like you're taking one rare exception no. in the no. middle of nowhere and yeah. try to apply it to everybody which mm-hmm. i think is it's it's honestly distasteful mm-hmm. um but so i got together with a bunch of professors mm-hmm. and we were like this can't happen then my professor had other connections yeah. here actually at montgomery college mm-hmm. her name is gloria bonilla and we just got together in my professor's house yeah. so we invited from montgomery college we yeah. invited some from umd we invited somebody from Georgetown like we yeah. just brought a lot of professors and administrators into a room and they all agree they were like okay the the DACA uh, situation is uncertain mm-hmm. How, what are we going to do and there were other students there so the fire was in the room yeah. so I decided and I was like how about we just do monthly meetings yeah monthly meetings and we're trying and the and we, the goal is to share what each university was doing mm-hmm. so that then if if for example Georgetown is doing a great initiative yeah. I as a student or I as a professor yeah. or I as a staff yeah. or administrator at a university can be like you know what I can adapt this mm-hmm. and put it and obviously like yeah. change some things to yeah. fit the school yeah. but at the end to make sure that my students feel safe yeah. and to make sure that their situation in America their status in America doesn't really affect your education because at the yeah. end of the day they're what they're students they're there Absolutely. to get a degree Absolutely. Um, and we need to protect that and yeah. I am privileged enough that I mean I can stand in front of somebody's face and like a policeman or whatever Mm -hmm. and nothing is really going to happen to me so i was like why not use that privilege for something great and i'm just very happy that happened years ago and like now we're still going we had our last meeting um a william and married about a week ago and we have a um, william and mary now is joining because now a lot of this universities are starting to see how diversity how you can't be an excellent school without diversity absolutely it's only a plus right and it adds perspective it adds so many things so i i it's so shocking to me to see uh, chief diversities officers from these universities log into our calls, log in and go in person and talk about what they're doing and, and how we can make the network better. And I mean, and it's just, again, it's it's an informational network yeah. that we're trying to um, make stronger. And there's a website for anybody that wants to check us out. So just Google CCON and we will pop up. Awesome. For more resources. And I think what is so inspiring about CCON and the work that you've done is that you saw an issue 
and you saw potential ways to address it and you just hit the ground running with no guidebook, no like anything. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to start this. I'm going to get some people together and start running with this idea. And like you're saying, all these other universities and really important people that have influence and positions of privilege are able to go in and help and sort of wait really plan strategically ideas to address these solutions, which I think that um, a lot of people sort of have this hesitation when it comes to, oh my gosh, like I want to start this or I want to do this. And a lot of people are just scared to get started. Yeah. That, and, you know. Because it's paralyzing. I yeah. Think, I think it's very strong to, I think that when you have such a good idea that you paralyze, that's when you mm. need to go back at it and think about it. Yeah. I mean, and, and even now as a professional, right? Yeah. Like, my work in CCO has nothing to do with what I'm doing at Fannie yeah. Mae, right? <laughs> but, like, w- the beauty of it all is that I can go in and be like, you know what? Mm-hmm. These students need a break sometimes. Mm. As student leaders, yeah. we should not be left, like you said. Yeah. yeah, some people can look and be like, oh, let's act on something. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that gets tiring. Yeah. It's good to have a support system. And what better way than to train like administrators and alumni to do these things of like, hey, this student has a really great idea. I know you want to something similar. Why not pair them together? And why not create initiatives that can be shared among all the different campuses and come together? So I think that while it was terrifying for me to start, and honestly, it yeah. started like an idea. I was like, whoever shows up to the meeting shows up. Hey, it's like a you club. You just need one. You just need one. Right? <laughs> it started like a club. I was like, you know what? I'm going to gauge the, the interest. I'm going to do it. And on Saturday, we, all of our meetings happen on the weekend because mm-hmm. that's when people have time and professors yeah. have time. And waking up at like 7 a.m. or, you know, even 6 a.m., depending on where the location is. Because we try to, right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so it's like, it's also that grit. And yeah. like, you know, and like, I think it sounds cliche and people yeah. are like, oh, everybody says this. There's nothing new about it. Yeah. But I think that that grit to know that it's beyond you. Mm-hmm. It's not about, if you're doing it for the escalates, and the titles, let it go. Yeah. And and I'm and I cannot be more honest. Yeah. I mean, some people are really about the titles and the the reality of the situation is like if you go for a title, that that idea might fail. But what makes it a successful idea, it's not that it, it that when it fails, you're like, Okay, so I'm not getting that title, I'm gonna move on, or I'm not gonna get that race, so I'm gonna move on. But it's like hey, I failed, I have the grit to keep at it and eventually that that grit can get you from not a very good idea to like, damn, now it's a renowned company or now it's doing a great initiative. Yeah. Like the most incredible things happened when you fail and fail and fail and then you're like, Okay, let me talk to another person. It failed this time. What do you think, Shade? Mm. Let me, let me, what do you think of my website? Mm. Look at it and you revise it. And it doesn't have to be, we put, I feel like as millennials, we have a timeline. We're like, okay, this idea is going to be perfect by 21. Yes. And I'm going to be rolling and it's going to be great. Oh my God. And the piece of the matter is like, you can't compete with time. Mm. You can't try to run when you can't walk. Oh. You understand what I mean? And I think that, and I think that as millennials, we're always trying to run and trying to be fast at this race that guess what? We just learned how to crawl. (laughs) 
We just learned we how just to just learn how to crawl. crawl, and we're like, how do we do this? Like, right. And then we're running, and we're, then we're having a marathon next week, and we just learned how to crawl. Right. right. And and it's like, and and that's what we need to learn that yeah. we need to have patience because at the end of the day. It's not when you get to the finish line. It's that you get to that finish line yeah. that matters and that people yeah. respect. Yeah. And I think that I just, I don't know what else to say, but grit is what got me through all those planning meetings. And there are some meetings in which three people would show up. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, great. I bought all these donuts and all this coffee. <laughs> <laughs> all these snacks. And people aren't even here. here. And with my own money. Yeah. Like, you know, like I was, I'm working part time and I'm yeah. investing in it. And I'm like, I just wasted a hundred bucks <laughs> in snacks. Because, you know, if there's one thing that would get professors or oh, any yeah. kind of people into it's a room, food. it's free food. So I'm like, I'm here, I'm offering, and three people shows up. That when that happened, that was the most. <laughs> it's sad. On it's your college sad. student budget, you're like, how? Right. <laughs> and then you have all this donuts, and you're like, I'm not yeah. gonna eat this. So yeah. You, you know, and and but when that happened, I was like, the what matters is the people that I'm doing this for. And I read and that drove you that kept yeah, you. And yeah. I was like, and it's so beautiful to be like remember that you're doing it for a greater remember the long hours that you have already invested remember and it's it's okay to have a bad day just don't let that bad day prevent you from walking or running again Hmm. i love that you've been hitting so many quotes and i'm just like oh my god like yes this is inspiration that i think our listeners need and use you know from day on a daily basis that just like Yami, like you can just get as long as you get started in that process enhancement that you talked about, where it's like you're gonna fail at it like a bunch of times before you get better. And I think that for anyone who is really good at something or expert level, whatever it is, they they sucked at it at first, right? Yeah. And you have to keep sucking until like you you figure out ways to you know sharpen this or get more people involved or you know define a better strategy, whatever it is. But it's like because you decided to just get started, that process enhancement part will keep going Amen. until you know you're up to that point where you're like, okay, like and I, ask questions. I yeah, ask questions. Like I know nothing about podcasts. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> like Shade came up to me and was like, I want to interview you. I'm like, first of all, I felt super hot. I'm like, okay, I'm the shit. And then my second thought is, okay, are we gonna go to a studio? Yeah, are we gonna? And can I say this is the most cheek thing i've seen okay her setup is great but i know nothing about it so if i ever wanted to start a podcast right instead of trying to start from scratch ask people that have either done it or started or it's in the process of doing it because guess what your best allies are the talent that you have around you and instead of becoming enemy with people that are so talented in an area that just you're just entering befriend them and ask them questions because that's going to take you a long way I think definitely in being able to use the resources that are near to you and you may not think that for those that are like still developing like that sort of social network and that social yeah. capital, um, sometimes it can feel like I don't really know anyone or people that are in this field but I think one thing I've learned even especially in the most recent few months that if you advocate for yourself and you say what your interests are or what you're looking at, someone will know someone. Amen. And it may not be as soon as you want 
but soon enough you'll be you'll hear back from a person they're like oh hey like i remember we had this conversation six months ago but here's this opportunity that i think you can hop on right now or like here's this person that i think would be a great contact for you it's being able to carefully vocalize what your interests are your passions or people that you want to meet or having a really great brand statement because i think from that point on you'll be able to connect and network with other people that will sort of lead you to that path and that's that goes back again with not being scared to start and not being scared to start looking in even if it means a completely different switch of what you're used to but it's also like i think that people have networks that they don't even realize that they oh yeah right like i'm like you know what some of us most of us don't come from ivies and it's fine to not come from an ivy um But you know, there's a lot of alumni that would be yeah. like, hey, just call up your school and be like, hey, or your career center and be like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm interested in starting this. Do you mm-hmm. know anybody? And let me tell you something. You will hit roadblocks, but there's going to be that one person that is going to be like, I need to pay it forward. Like Shade <laughs> yeah. said earlier about leading and then paying it forward. And then you're like, oh my God, I know this person. And then it happens. So that's the opening. And you know what? Like when I, and that's how I got into the path of college, right? Yeah. Like who knew I was gonna go to american university on a full ride right like that was right like that was never even my intention but it just took that one teacher that saw that potential and was like you know what let me take you to this harlem center in new york Mm. that helps people prepare for college and college application and that opened my door to where i am today and and you see what i mean like you just you just need to be able to identify opportunities when they come Mm -hmm. and if somebody's wasting your time and you're like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay you're not saying anything that is really helpful just be polite and be like well thank you for your time stand up and look for the next person because you have network that you don't even know Mm because not everybody out there trying to brag it not everybody's on instagram trying to brag it because oh, yeah. let me tell you the people that are working hard are not bragging are it. quiet are not bragging it because <laughs> they they're about the, because they're about the grind they're yeah. about the grit they're yeah. about the hey i need to wake up at 6 a.m in the morning because yeah. i have all this in my to-do list yeah. so just don't don't make appearances make you feel oh my god you know oh this person is on instagram and have all this stuff and my friends, none of my friends do that. And yeah. I know a lot of girls that are trying to open their own brand on yeah. Instagram or Facebook yeah. and stuff. And my best advice to one of my mentees is like, that, that brand and building that following mm-hmm. takes time. Yeah. So one, have patience. But also yeah. two, like, look at the people around you that might not be have that kind of brand, yeah. but either started or are good at video mm-hmm. or yeah. are good at photography. Because yeah. you need all those skills. So identify the people around you that have a skill that you either want to learn from or take from and be like, hey, how can we make this beneficial mm-hmm. and enter into a, something that can become a big project? Mm-hmm. And it's like you just need that one yes. Right. That's all that you need. Right. And sometimes you might even need to work more on it with yourself, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then get to that point where where that person's going to say like, Hey, I want to be your sponsor. I want to be your mentor. I want to connect you with this. And you just have to make sure you're not afraid to start. Amen. And so with that being said, I mean, with all the things that you've accomplished or with the life that you've experienced thus far as a millennial, um, what inspires you? My family. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I, what I think, some parents don't like to be clean with their kids. My mom is the opposite. My mom loves bragging about how she crossed that. that. My mom is like, let me tell you, okay, coming here was hard. I almost, my, your dad almost died. You know what I mean? Like, so like my mom was the type of mother that she really didn't know what college is and she Mm. didn't know what financial aid is. Yeah. 
But what she did instill in me is, guess what? You have better opportunities than many other people out there. Mm. And it's your responsibility to take them on, yeah. right? And my, hearing my dad and my mom's stories, how they came to America, um, you know, how they, they worked three jobs to keep me afloat and my sister afloat, and how sometimes, like, you know, we, we sometimes didn't know where food was coming. But yeah. then my mom, my mom, my mom is not one of those parents that it's like, no, honey, we, we got food. No, my mom is like, we don't know where food is coming. <laughs> and let me tell you, Yami, we, we need to, we need to rationalize yeah. and, and be, and be real strategical here. Yeah. And she doesn't know that she has those skills because yeah. my mom obviously don't have those big vocabulary yeah. words, but she instilled in me that yeah. planning that I have an opportunity mm. that she never had to become something that she never even dreamed of. And who am I, right, to not fulfill that in the sense of like she spent all her life trying to make her next generations better, mm. you know? Yeah. And then it's not only them that motivates me but the people around me the 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 i'm big on like who you, tell me who you hang out with and i'm not gonna tell you who you are mm. okay i'm not hanging i choose my friends yeah as you i said, don't choose my family as you, you can't choose those but i choose i choose my friends okay and if i and, and if i have a friend that is out here being like i'm like oh i want to run and the first thing they tell me is well, you're too fat. Yeah. Then I'm going to be like, honey, that's, no. Like, that's not, you know, in, not inspire me right. to be better. Right. Push me to be right there. Now. Be like, oh, you know what? You're running a mile. You're running 30 minutes yeah. in a mile. You know what? Next time, aim for that better time. Aim for that better location. Mm-hmm. Aim for that better job. Aim for that better. Like, mm-hmm. you need people in your life that are always pushing you to be yeah. your best version. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you forget. Yeah. And you need somebody around you to be like, mm, girl, look what I'm doing. <laughs> and it's not like in a, oh, I'm jealous. Like, you don't want people that are envious in your life, but like people that are like, look what I'm doing. And you're like, mm, darn it, she just remind me. Yeah. I need to be there with her yeah. and I need to get there. So I'll check you. Right. And yeah. I have a lot of people, including yourself. Yeah. You check me. We'll do it at the yeah. door. <laughs> and, and, but you also need people that are both checking you, but also like not only in professional life, but personal. Yeah. That is also like making sure that you are healthy and, and that you're in a straight path. And I think that those are hard to find, but when you find them, keep them and treasure them. Hold so, on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, you made so many different um, great points. But I think that it is incredibly important to have a group of friends. And I think most people sort of know this, that I feel like everyone's new word, favorite word is toxic. Like, oh, like I just have this or toxic. Trash. Or trash. Like, like this person trash, is trash. Right. But it's like, let's let's use our vocabulary and like it's, let's get a bit more specific, right? right? This person is unmotivating or this person has this negative energy or something like that. Right. But I think being able to have friends like that that genuinely want to check in on you and genuinely are like, what's going on in your personal life and what's going on in your professional life are the types of friends that you need now we can get into like a whole different kind of warms we're not gonna get into like what is a good friend and what is a bad friend and what is the friend that like is just checking in on you to sort of compare themselves like we're not gonna get into that but i think being able to build a solid circle is so important and trust your gut because that friend oh my god that friend that you're like "Mm, they might want to be comparing themselves to me guess what your gut might be 100 percent right yeah usually it is right my gut has been spot on every time right so. so all i'm saying is like when you hear that tingling sensation in your gut yeah. Yeah. Follow it, especially with friends. 
I, I can tell you. I can tell you <laughs> no. how many times I've been like, nah, this is just me being paranoid. No. And then three months later, I'm like, there we go. Or it, or your gut is like is like telling you like, I think this is what this is. And you don't know why, yeah. but like for some reason, like something is telling you, like, I think this is what this is. Or like, I don't know, they're kind of acting like this. And this makes me feel like like that's totally your gut telling you something. And so often, especially as women, I kind of feel like we tend to like sort of downplay that or push that off to the side. But I think if anything, as I've gotten older, I've realized that that, that gut instinct is definitely telling me something. Mm, girl, yeah, yeah. you know the stories I've told you yeah. of some friends. <laughs> and today is sort of like, girl, you need to come out. Yeah. And, and, and I was fighting you yeah. up until recently. And like now that I've graduated and I'm sort of like settling like yeah. in your in my life and yeah. like you'll be surprised at people that just drop like flies. Like, not yeah. not because not because you're bad or anything, but because yeah. you're not in the same proximity mm-hmm. anymore, because you're not taking that same class with them anymore. Yeah. So it's not like yeah. you guys can do work together. Yeah. So like a lot of people like there's a, a self filtering that you yeah. would go through and I think that in this transition, like you told me earlier, in this transition this transition itself has been a lot of filtering. Yeah. Because I don't have the time I used to anymore, right? Yeah. Like I'm entering a new professional space that mm-hmm. I need to get acquaintance with, yeah. and and I don't have the time to be sitting on the phone for an hour, or yeah. or I'm not really good at text, and I've started to realize that, yeah. right? Who are the friends that when they don't hear about me or like, hey, what's up? I just want to say hi. Yeah. You and probably four more other people. Yeah. When Yami was like class president and everybody was around mm. her and everybody wanted to be her friend and had where are they and whatever right but yeah. where are they because yeah. people some people just want to be there mm. when you're when you're great when you're at your peak try to search the people that are there now when i'm trying to figure out my job space because Hello. it's mostly male or when i'm like now when i'm like you know what i have all these projects but i really don't know where they fit in mm. or when i'm like trying to st- Stay into this healthy path. Yeah. Right. Somebody that can respect the fact that, hey, I'm not going to meet you at 9 a.m. because I'm going to the gym, but I can meet you at 10 a.m. And not somebody that is like, why are you going to the gym? You can skip the gym today. No. It's like, respect my boundaries. Amen. And when you create those boundaries, you see the amount of people that go, that go like, bye. No, I love it. This, this, let's, let's talk about this because (laughs) it's like when you set boundaries, the people that get mad are the people that don't benefit from them anymore. Right. And they get so uptight and they're like, why? Or like, why is this like this? And it's like, I'm setting boundaries for myself. And if you cannot respect them, right. then that means something. Right. And we need to like back up a little bit. Right. Or like Absolutely. when you de- and when you define what you care about. Like I care about immigrant yeah. rights. So if you're my best friend or my close yeah. friend and you're out here being like, nah, immigrants need to go to their country, that's a boundary that you need to yeah. we just can't be friends. No. We just can't. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like yeah. foundational just sort of thing. As millennials, we like to be on Instagram and feel like we have friends. And mm-hmm. it has been proven that we actually are one of the generations that feels the long the loneliest. loneliest. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. You know, just don't be afraid of saying, Hey, I have five friends, but they're some good ass five friends. Solid. They're solid. They're solid five friends. Yeah. And that's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Those five people, my mom, my dad, my sister, and being able to say to those people one day, Mm -hmm. I'm here for you unconditionally. And no matter, and it's not like, hey, you know, I have some beef with you or whatever, but to be in harmony Mm. and to be able to offer them things that I would like them to offer me as well in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think a relationship should always be reciprocal. Um, 
And then sometimes there's going to be a disbalance. Sometimes somebody's going to look for somebody more. But then there's going to be a time in which it flips back. So being around those people and those people that understand who they are and where they're going, not where they're going exactly, but like have some sort of motivation in them. I think that that's what makes me wake up in the morning because mm-hmm. I want to be a friend that you're proud of. You yeah, know? definitely. And, and, and someone that you're proud of. I saw right. this picture and I always think about it. And it said, be the person that your five-year-old self and your 50-year-old self would be proud of. And I think that hopefully I'm living a life where I think my five-year-old Shade would be so happy and so proud. And my 50-year-old self would be like, well, you're a badass. You know, like I'd yeah. be like, okay, like I lived a good life. Right. Um, so keeping that in mind, always yeah definitely um and so going through undergrad you obviously had different interests and you had different internships and you lived in china and all of that and for your final year you ended up at a a corporate job and so and we talk about this because we both were not from the corporate space in undergrad so (laughs) we were like we come from a left field it was like left field field um in so many sort of different whether it's like mannerisms or social skills interpersonal skills not even because we're both more technical so that skill set is different that we have but it's like there's a whole different language Mm -hmm. that sort of comes into play when we're talking about that corporate space for you if you can sort of shorten it or just say like what that experience has been like especially like both of us parents are immigrants and so it's like they didn't they hadn't had exposure to that corporate space and so not having an understanding of what that is like what has that been like for you so far i think it's been hard i mean i'm yeah. the kind of I'm, I'm leaving the office at 10 p.m yeah i'm just trying to grasp and show where i am and, mm. and stuff and again I don't recommend this to anybody. I think that it's just I'm a workaholic and I understand that she about myself. She loves it. I she love loves work. it. Like, I love work. She loves, like, I remember when we were in class together, she would love staying up late because that's just how she functioned. Right. For me, I get up really early and then I go to sleep at a reasonable time. Like, I don't mind getting up at six, working on stuff all throughout the day and then ending at the night. But Yami's like, I got this. Like, I can literally be awake till 12 a.m. So <laughs> it's just a different process. It's, it's a, a different, different process. process. And it's also like, I take breaks during the day you, yeah. you you can go ham yeah like Shade can go ham an entire day i'm like oh instagram time and i'm gonna have facebook time and, you know and like exactly. it's just a different style but you know the way that i've navigated this is the same way that i navigated college and, and being in a new yeah. environment in college is sort yeah. of like First, I'm trying to make sure that I can do my job, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. That I can deliver to my boss yeah. because at the end of the day, that's what they're paying me to be there for. Right, and then. My second thing is building that sponsorships, mm. building that things. But the, the thing is that building sponsorship, building mentors comes from doing a good job, right? The thing about the corporate world is that it's not like, oh, are you feeling okay? Or your yeah. idea is great. It's, the, it's that action piece that you yeah. talk about. I mean, I love how you started because I think the intro goes to our conversation is, you know, you think you have an idea, you need to execute it yes. and execute it well, even if you fail and fail in that yes. process and, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just right yeah. now. I'm trying to lay the line, the the work, so that I can do my work efficiently and great. Mm-hmm. So that then I can start adding things into my plate, mm-hmm. right? But the meat of why they're giving me that paycheck mm-hmm. at the end of the day stay intact, and they know that they're gonna get it in every deadline at every project. And then I'm gonna do the hey, and 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 people notice talent. People notice, they notice. like you don't need. I love when people are like, hello, my name is blah 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 blah. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't need to because the assumption is that you would have heard about my work before we walked into that mm. office 
You know, and that's you how you want to build a good reputation, reputation. because it's reputation everything. is everything. everything. And in corporate world, and mostly, and I'm gonna be honest, like yeah. I work with mostly white males. Yeah. Okay, white males that. They don't say racist things. They don't do racist things. But your confidence makes you question everything about yourself. Am I doing this right? What is happening? Ooh, 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 I'm a woman. Am I overthinking this? Uh. But guess what? It's getting to the point in which I'm like, okay, you have your reputation. You've been here longer than me. Makes sense. But guess what? I'm going to do the same. And I'm going to do it twice or three times as better than you. And people say, oh, you black woman works or like woman work more than men and get half of it. Mm -hmm. Guess what, honey? Times are changing. Mm-hmm. Times are changing. And, yeah. and the fact that my boss is a woman has been the luckiest things that has ever happened to yeah. me. Because she's a woman who's like, you know what? We're going to start with the soft skills. Because you need those. Yeah. You need the soft skills. Yeah. But you're also going to become a heck of an analyst. Yeah. And right now, what's taking me time is becoming a heck of an analyst. Yeah. The soft skills, those are things that I can work in January, yeah. February, once I'm a bit more stable on my yeah. job. But we ta- I tackle it like a game plan. And right yeah. now my game plan is to build my reputation in this company. And it's just so funny because when I talk to my mom, Fannie Mae, it's like everybody knows it's a household mm-hmm. name. People know it because yeah. of the 2008 crisis. Yeah. And which we're trying to stay away from. It's yes. not our fault, people. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, um, but like, you know, people know it. But people really don't know what goes on at Fannie Mae. Yeah. Like, it's really, like, I mean, our 10K, which is, like, this, like, document with the company review, like, it's 295 pages. All I'm saying is, like, trying to explain that to my parents is, like, trying to explain, like, I don't know, college again. So, all I told my mom is, like, we work like an insurance company, mama. And uh, I'm getting money, mama. (laughs) And it's okay, I'm going to help my sister, mama. Yeah. And that's all she needs to hear. That's it. Like, okay. Okay. And then she asked me, how are you? Yeah. I'm like, I'm great. She's like, is anybody at your job treating you badly? I'm like, no, mom. And she's like, as long as you're good, yeah. I don't need we're to good. understand what you're doing. Right. I sent her pictures of like this cool shiny app that yeah. I built on my job. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Look, mom, I'm cool. And literally her response was like, huh? <laughs> I'm like, okay, mom, don't worry about it. It's cool. Just know I'm okay. Love Just you. Just know I'm okay. You and know? that's what they care about. And I think what is great that you touched on, in addition to all these other points you've been making throughout this episode, but doing good work, right? Yeah. And I've said this before, like, sometimes we're not ready for the position that we want or the position that we even see ourselves in, right? It's like you're going into these companies or you maybe like you have a longer term goal of, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur or something like that. Or I want to be at this company or doing this sort of work. Or be a CEO. Or be a CEO, whatever it is. And you don't have the skill set to get there. So it's like, I think it's taking a long look and being realistic with ourselves and say, you know what, in order to get to those networks, in order to get to to those positions, I have to do good work. I have to build up a reputation. I have to start somewhere, build a foundation before I can start going up the steps, before I can start making my own path. Even some of the most like successful entrepreneurs, they worked in so many different industries or they worked their way up through all these other industries before they decided, okay, I'm going to become my own CEO and work at this company. And I'm talking making like multi-million dollar companies, but it's because they were able to sow that seed and be able to get all of those lessons from different positions. So, and I always say, don't think that your time in any position or your time being spent at any job is going to be wasted. I know, but then let me tell you something. People are nice. Yeah. There's some people that are nice. Yeah. If you think that you're doing a mediocre 
job, nine out of ten, you're right. Because yeah. you know your quality of work. Yeah. Okay. So don't go in as a friend or your yeah. boss. Because sometimes people are going to be like, mm, you're doing an awesome yeah. job. Keep going like, at this it. This is good. Especially like, in DC. No offense to DC yeah. folks. But sometimes we have a culture of like, yeah. we're nice. Yeah. You know? We're nice. You don't want to be like hurtful right. or rude. And so it's hard for you to tell the truth. But it's like, if you, you need to find those confidants, whether it's at your workplace or at your company or firm, that you can actually have honest conversations with. That was definitely my goal when I started working was like, okay, I need to find who are going to be my confidants, who are going to be my mentors, find eventually sponsors, and be able to sort of identify what those networks are going to look like because you're going to need people that are going to be honest with you right. throughout your journey. Right. And, like, and I think that... that if there's anything, nobody can ever take the skills that you gain from doing good work. Absolutely. Like, you know, like maybe you would not get to the CEO seat, but guess what? Nobody's going to beat you at R or yeah. Python or trading or yeah. whatever it is that you want to do with your life or writing memos, whatever it is that you want to do. You need to understand that first comes the quality of your work yep. because nothing would ever beat that and nobody can ever take away that from you. But if you, if you get used to doing mediocre work and get to a top place and then you fail and then you're like, but I don't know why I fail it's because nine out of ten you didn't find that person that would check you or that friend that would be like you know why yami you're not doing that good job mm-hmm. and that's what I'm saying tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are I love that on that note I do want to end with some with a question you do this already but what in your your I think you what I love about you is you love such a bold life and you're so boldly walking into the next different phases of your life and you're like I don't know what this is but I'm gonna figure it out I'm gonna I'm gonna develop a plan I'm gonna strategize and that's been you throughout all these years and what is your approach to living that sort of life and being confident and being bold I think that you need to know and at least that's how I approach it is. Yeah. I'm Yamalat Payano, and there's not another one of me. Mm. So no matter whether, I don't want to be the meanie me Michelle Obama. I want to be the meanie me, the woman version of Barack Obama. No, I want to be Yamalat Payano, and my path looks very different than Michelle, and looks very different than Obama, and looks very different than Mark Zuckerberg. Not because you're different or male or female, but because I'm intrinsically a different person. Mm. So when I'm walking into this space, it's like I'm going to approach it how I'm going to approach it and just trying to get the best out of it. You know, yeah. I'm at this job. They're giving me a lot of analytics lesson. Take the best out of those analytics lesson, you know, and like put the work in and put the grinding because nobody can fake talent and work hours. Mm. Okay. You can't fake work hours. Like, come on. Are you going to really tell can you me? you say that again? Please? You can't fake work hours. You just wow. can't. You, you can't just you can't. You can't fake t- talent. It's just like, Come on. So when I'm entering a new space, I'm like, I'm Yamalat Piano. I'm on my own self. I don't want nobody to, I mean, if somebody wants to say they're the meaning me, they can go ahead and do that. That's your life. But I'm no meaning me of anybody. And I'm going to put in the time, take the best out of this experience. And guess what? Move on to the next experience and bring those new skills into that realm of work. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like you guys heard at the beginning, I want to do policy work. I want to be making changes, not only in America, but like internationally. Absolutely. And guess what? That's not what I'm doing right now. No. But guess what? When I'm there, I can understand the numbers. I'm going to be able to run data. I'm going to be able to like know who my customers are and be able to like strategize to see what it is and that's something that Fannie Mae is giving me and you know what that's priceless so just know that you're a building block and each step of the way you're just building up 
Thank you so much for that. I thank you I for cannot, me. Of course, of course. But thank you again, Yami, for being on this episode. No, thank you. And just as a goodbye, you know, be you, love yourself, and guess what? You can think something today and change it tomorrow because we're millennials. Thank you for listening to the newest season of It's Your Life. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, and share with others. And always remember, it's your life.